Eliminate threat. I pull the sun from the sky to freeze the future of time and drift as one through the Welcome to a brand new edition of Starship Geek. I'm your host, Troy. And today we're going to talk about the brand new Netflix series, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. So Cyberpunk Edge Runners is a, I guess, a prequel to the Cyberpunk 2077 game. It is a new animated uh, episodic season. I don't know if it's going to just be one season or if it is going to continue on. There is a lot of different ways that they can go on this. If you haven't played the Cyberpunk 2077 game or haven't watched somebody play the Cyberpunk 2077 game, uh, I suggest you do before you watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners because otherwise you might be a little lost. They do a pretty decent job of kind of getting you up to speed on things. But there are a couple of... Um, Little Easter eggs, I would say. And there is some groundwork that has to kind of be laid down as well in terms of what the the world actually is. So if you have played or have watched somebody play Cyberpunk 2077, you will know that the main character of this was referenced in the game. I will not mention at all uh, what that reference was. Needless to say... He, there's, there's some lore behind him and we're going to deep dive into a little bit. And this is sort of, uh, this is the main character, David Martinez. This is his story. So cyberpunk is a world, obviously with the name cyberpunk 2077, uh, this world, I think it's 2050 something or something like that. Um, but it is the future and in this future, people are sort of fused with tech and uh, um, machinery and computers. There are people that are just people, but the majority of people have uh, cybernetic implants. Uh, now they can range from just your normal um, sort of like uh, implants that, that'll be used for like phone calls or um, learning or different things like that. All the way up to like military grade stuff that's like there are like hidden weapons inside of your skin and there's enhancements to strength and speed and memory and mind and things like that. So it, it ranges. And at some point, in, there is a, a place where the laws have said, like, okay, that's enough tech. Anything past a certain point or anything that is more advanced. It's no longer legal. But of course, as is the world these days, there is always a black market for it. There are always people who are going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And that's sort of what cyberpunk is all about. It is a futuristic world where you can literally live somebody else's memories. It's a place that you can jack into uh, VR and kind of go on your own adventures or go on somebody else's adventures or what a lot of people use it for uh, porn, but there is a lot of other things too. Uh, and I think that we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. 
So the episode begins with a bitching Roxxon overlooking a ultra-futuristic city. So it's not like flying cars, futuristic city, but it's like, obviously, like a lot of neon lights. There's a lot of, um, like, digital stuff around here. There's also a lot of, like, digital distortion that happens in the series. Anytime somebody is using um, these, uh, like, memories of people or kind of going into a virtual world. A large man with guns strapped to his back appears. He has gray hair and dark shades. Uh, he also has the, like, cybernetic implant up for a mouth. Someone asks a police officer why he's still on the clock, and he remarks that he is on call. The large man walks up to the police car, and he is told to back up. He then pulls out a gun and blows the officer away. When he does, a copious amount of blood sprays everywhere. Just so you know what you're getting into on a series. There is a lot of blood, there's a lot of nudity, there's a lot of violence. Um, it is it, it is not a kid's animated series. The man who checks two bullets from uh, his gun has more cops open fire on him, but none of the bullets do anything to him. He turns around and returns fire, killing officer after officer. One cop says they have a cyber psycho on their hands, which is a term that uh, will get a little more into probably as the series goes along, but uh, you know, essentially it's somebody who has just a ton of cybernetic implants and it kind of overloads them and they go a little crazy. They decide to change tactics and they call in backup. The man unleashes a large blade from his arm and cuts an officer in half. A cybernetic attachment on the man's back glows green and he starts to move faster and then proceeds to move so fast that everyone else is standing still as he rounds every officer standing there and fires upon them, killing them all. Once he stops, officers in a jet bombard him with a red ray, but he jumps out of the way, and then one of the officers say that they need to fry this guy as soon as possible. He's using military-grade ice. The jet blasts the man in the back, which seems to fry his implant, and more officers hit the ground, and then they open fire on him. He gets back up and starts to fire at one of the officers, uh, but this guy is wearing a headset and also appears to be augmented to the point that bullets don't affect him either. He puts something over the face of the guy, and it seems to then shut down what we're watching. We cut over to a man on a couch, and he sits up as Ripper Doc tells him over a voice call that he lifted the tech from an edge runner. A lot of terms going to be thrown around but edge runner is sort of the important one obviously the series is called cyberpunk edge runner and we'll get more into that because i know we're i know we're going to get a, a more in-depth uh into what that is in future episodes so i'm just going to leave that one there but essentially this man david uh has been given the memories of this guy who went on this rampage and specifically like the the event that led up to his death now you can you can get different memories throughout their entire thing but they, they typically try to get like the most entertaining ones or the most useful and he just relived the whole thing which obviously the the ride stops as soon as the guy's dead or the memory is over ripper doc is the black market dealer who gets these chips and uh, and sells them off to people. Now, 
Ripper Doc is voiced by Borg Etienne, and the man is voiced by Zach Aguilar, which would be man David, main character. David asks him who keeps cluing him into these things, and Ripper Doc says Kurosaki. So Ripper Doc tells him he has another chip for him to try, and then it cuts to a busty woman riding him, and David shuts it off. So again, at some point in time, somebody had sex with that woman, and then their memory was uploaded onto this chip, and then people just used it to get off. We then cut to David staring into a washing machine, and the machine stops, and a robotic voice says that the cycle is suspended due to insufficient funds. When you have a world like this where you have a lot of world building to do, you have to find little ways to let people know exactly what is going on in the world. This is a perfect way to do it, because it tells you everything in this world is, like, subscription-based. Like, even their home washing machine is regulated to the point that they have to pay enough money to be able to use it every time. And I guess you could say, like, well, maybe it's like coin laundry or whatever like that, but to a far worse extent, obviously. David walks over and uh, wakes up his mother, Gloria, who's laying on the couch. Uh, he says the washing machine isn't working and asks if she forgot to re-up it. She tells him she just got paid and she'll take care of it. Gloria is voiced by, ironically, Gloria Garayua. David asks her just to fill up the feet of the washer, and she makes him promise that he'll get a new update for his class, a reef update. And he says, it's cool, Doc will take care of it. And she says, no, 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 no. You're going to go the legit route on this. Like, I just got paid, I got the money. Get the legit update. Don't get some black market shit from Doc. The news says a military-grade implant went missing from the body of a lieutenant that was found dead. And of course... That lieutenant was our big muscular dude from the beginning who shot up a bunch of cops and then got killed himself. We know, of course, the military-grade implant was probably the chip in his head. And there's a good question there of why the hell did a police lieutenant go nuts and murder a bunch of his comrades? David says, that, that uh, hey, look, you're on TV, Mom. And we see Gloria loading a body into the van. David takes a walk to school, passing by people sleeping in the streets, people with attachments on their penises so they can have VR sex sessions, and someone getting held up at gunpoint. It's a lot of world texture, just to kind of show you how corrupt and crime-filled the world is. It's not a good place, let's put it that way. David sees a spot where the uh, cop murdered a bunch of cops, and uh, looks like it, uh, yeah, it was a very, very, very... It went from this happening the night before to them getting the chip out of the dude's head and to David. Like, that's how quickly the black market works. So you're kind of might be wondering, like, you know, what's the extent of this thing? Well, so they refer to it as brain dance or BD. And essentially, if you have a military chip in your head, all of your experiences are backed up to it. And then what happens is, you know, people can sit there and they can extract all their memories from it, turn them into these little chips that people can use different things. Now, it's not just 
the visuals of the memory. It's also every emotion and every sense that the person felt. It's you are literally kind of stepping into their skin and experiencing everything that they did at that time. So David sees a woman with short silver hair, but he doesn't get to see her face because as he rounds a corner to try to see it, she's gone. He used to, of course, is still intrigued, but you know, he's got to get to class. So David arrives in class at his academy and his digital teacher tells him he's not in dress code. He explains that both his uniform and his spare are both dirty, so she tells him to put an exception after class. David gives, uh, he sits down. Everyone is in kind of like a reclined chair in rows. And he gets a call from Katsuo. Now, we know this because we actually see like the on-screen display of, of when he gets a call, where it actually says a person's name, and then it actually like gives you the transcript of what they're saying. I don't know if it's just a nod to the game, or if that's really like, that's how we're going to do this. Katsuo, by the way, talking to him on the phone, is sitting next to him. He makes fun of him for having such out-of-date tech, and all the students are told to log into the green room for meditation. Each student appears all lined up in a field, but David is just a black blob. He says he's counting on Doc with the upgrade, and then once he fully logs in, it proceeds to corrupt the system and fries everybody's headsets in the room. Yeah. It's another good thing to show, like, yeah, Doc is a black market dealer, but he's not a very good one. He's not, at least not putting out the best of uh, quality stuff. I don't know how he's able to get the, the brain dance stuff to work as well as he does when everything else he does seems to be sort of half-assed, but he does. Gloria meets with the principal and he says, not only was it expensive to reboot the classroom, but David modified his tech to avoid paying for the licensed update. He says that David, if David doesn't fit in with the classroom, he might benefit from a change of environment. Gloria sort of begs to keep David in school. On the way home, Gloria yells at him for trying to get around the system. David says she told him she, uh, that she didn't have the eddies to get the update, but Gloria says that she was waiting for payday. David says he's been thinking about dropping out and getting a job anyways, and he said, says that he stands out from the other rich kids, because he's not one. Gloria asks him what she's been busting her ass for then, and she says that it's breaking her heart, that he is even thinking about this. She's been putting in extra hours of work to pay for his schooling. She tells him she gets treated the same way since she is poor as well. We see two cars pull to either side of them. And the car next to them rolls the window down, pulls out a gun, and starts firing through their car into the car on the opposite side of them. So they're straight up caught in a crossfire, and the car by them then launches off a grenade, which causes David and his mother to crash. The trauma team arrives on site, and we see Gloria has been thrown from the car. One of the trauma team members scans them both and says, well, neither of these two are members, so you just leave them for the meat wagon. And David screams for his mother. We are so close to that in the American healthcare system, where it's, oh, you don't have insurance? Well, good luck. 
it's getting there. But here it is in full-on effect. Like, they don't have insurance. They are not members of this, like, trauma team. Like, probably, like, EMT Plus or something like that. And so they're just like, eh, they're fine. Leave them alone. We then cut to David, uh, who's now patched up, talking to, I kid you not, a shirtless doctor. He says that David is going to be fine, but his mother hasn't woken up yet. He reminds David to ship out those ads uh, they owe for the visit. David walks back home and sees his door is locked due to past due payments. So he has to break into his own home through a vent. David then proceeds to look through Gloria's accounts to see if he has a way of uh, paying everything they're behind on. He finds out that she has a bunch of different accounts with a little bit of money here and there stashed away. He accesses them to pay off the medical bills, and then he says he needs to find a way to pay for her rent. He finds a bunch of tech hidden away in their house, and he calls Ripper Doc. He tries to get Doc to buy the tech he found, but the Doc lowballs him, and David begins to look into what the tech is, and realizes that they are most likely black market or illegal. Not only that, it's literally the tech from the police officer at the beginning of the, sh- of the show. So, that uh, high-quality tech that was gone, not just his memories, also the thing that was attached to his spine that seems to be giving him some superhuman powers. He sees Katsuo, and they meet in an alley. He tells him that he doesn't have a problem with David being poor, he just hates the fact that David is trash. He tells David to drop out, and Katsuo asks how David's mother can afford to send him to Academy, and he figures that she must get down to some pretty salacious things. David steps up to him, and Katsuo chest bumps him, and then shoves him to the ground, and we see that his hands have now lit up, because he's got some enhancements of his own. He then beats the ever-loving fuck out of David. He tells him to miss him with those organic hands of his. David then gets a call from the doctor, who tells him that Gloria's vitals took a turn, and due to the package she's under, they just straight up let her die. The doctor gives him a budget-friendly burial, burial option of cremation. So David goes to what amounts to a vending machine cremation, and then proceeds to walk home. We get a voiceover of some different people telling David that he's past due on a bunch of things. And David calls Doc again and asks him about the offer for 10k for the tech that he's got. But now Doc says it's 6k, so David goes off on him. Katsuo then calls and says he can, can't offer his sympathies over Gloria's death because she probably wasn't that great. And oh, by the way, dying in a car accident? Pretty mundane. David gets pissed, and he heads over to Ripper Doc's. Ripper Doc, of course, is busy having a three-way in his BD, and David says he no longer wants to sell the tech, he wants it fused to him, because it's about time he chromed the fuck up. And that's episode one. These are about half-hour episodes. It was a lot of fun. It was a good amount of world-building for something that already has a lot of world-building out there in terms of the game. But again, if you haven't experienced that, this is still a good standalone. Like you don't you don't have to have played the game or have have watched someone play the game in order to understand what's going on. You get caught up pretty quickly here. Uh, obviously, I I included a little bit of what the brain dance is, 
but you can essentially assume what uh, what a lot of it is just from context clues and, and what you're watching. So all in all, it was really fun. Uh, the art style is really cool. The like straight up fact that it's very gory and uh, it's it's a very adult show. Let's put it that way. But it's a lot of fun. And of course, since it's Netflix, you can watch the whole first season. So thank you for sticking around here and listening to me. And I will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.